0: Last week we were in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15, "See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ." Submitting to one another in the fear of God. So we looked last time about walking circumspectly and the things that, that entailed, about being wise, not unwise, about being filled with the Spirit, not drunk with wine, going around speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our heart to the Lord. He ended up saying, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another in the fear of God. Well, we need to submit to one another in the fear of, of the Lord, is what it says, and it's uh, certainly something that we need to practice in a lot more. We talk about submission, and of course, that's what he's on his his topic here tonight. Is uh, submission, and submission is something you know we always think of in the context of husbands and wives. That of course you know the wives are to submit, and uh, everyone always likes that little aspect of it. And we've come up with some things that are just a little bit wrong in that idea of the teaching. And so, first off, we see that he starts off by giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, first off, before he ever exhorts the husbands and wives on the submission issue, he exhorts the whole church that we are to submit to one another. Giving thanks always for all things to God. So, first off, submission is for all. No one is left out. Every single person is to be submitted. The scariest people in the world are those who are not submitted. No matter what role or what place place they're in. Now, I put this in your outline so you make sure you get this. Thanksgiving and submission are found together. People who are submitted are generally thankful people. People who are not submitted to anyone are very seldom found to be thankful Rejoicing or giving thanks. Because they look to themselves. People who are submitted look outside themselves. And they become thankful. And that's what we are exhorted to do. So then in verse 22, he gets into the meat of this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now, here in this passage, it does not say, women be submitted to men. It says, wives... Submit to your own husband. So it's not saying that on a general rule that wives, that women are to be submitted to all men, and men are superior to women. That's not his teaching. His teaching is, wife, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. Now, a, contra- uh, a, 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 um, not a, a corresponding scripture to this is over in Colossians chapter 3, and verse 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Now, the submission is wife to husband, not woman to man, in case you didn't get that part. The submission is wife to husband, not woman to man. But here in Colossians, wives submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Just slightly different. Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Colossians, wives submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Now, the fitting there is used of actions that are due someone. Fitting is is actions that are due someone. So, wives, submit to your own husbands as is due someone or due in the Lord. In the Lord is the action is due because of our position through salvation in the Lord. So, because of of our position in the Lord, wives, submit to your own husband. That's the basis of it. That's the reason for it. Submission. Submission is carrying out the will and the desires of another without being demanded or watched. Submission is carrying out the will and desires of another without being demanded or watched. Now, I heard this from someone, but submission is an attitude. Submission is an attitude. Obedience is an act. Submission is an attitude. Obedience is an act. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. How many all know know that verse? Now, substitute it this way, because it's really saying the exact same thing. If you are submitted and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you are willing, if your attitude is of such that you are submitted to God and therefore willing to do His will and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Now, willing... And obedient are two different things. I can be obedient and not willing. We all learned that one growing up, didn't we? How many times did we obey something that mom said to do, but we were not willing? But we did it. Our attitude was wrong, even though our action was right. So what he's saying here is if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you get your attitude and your actions right, you'll eat the good of the land. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, "...and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross." Now, he humbled himself there would be the same thing. It's an attitude. He took his attitude and submitted it to God. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. So, once again, the attitude and the action are different. We have to get our actions... And our attitude lined up. Submission is an attitude. Obedience is an act. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled or he submitted himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, rebellion is not a lack of obedience. Rebellion is not a lack of obedience. It is an unsubmitted attitude in a person even though he might obey. Rebellion is an attitude. When when Satan fell, where did it start? In his actions. In his attitude. It, it tells us. The, I think it was the five I wills. I will, and he listed all the different things he was going to do. That's an attitude. He has shaped his attitude, and then eventually his actions lined up with it. Rebellion generally starts. It was always going to start in the attitude first. I become rebellious in my attitude, and then my actions line up. Just like when you were little. And your mom said some things to do. And you were not willing, but you were obedient. And if you never dealt with that willing part, then eventually that rebellion stirred and stirred and stirred until finally your actions lined up with your attitude. And you were out, what, outright rebellious to your parents. Rebellion is not a lack of obedience. It is an unsubmissive attitude in a person, even though he might obey. Now, a person who disobeys the Word of God without being rebellious is generally someone who was just ignorant or just, just didn't know that God wanted that done or just didn't think it was quite that way. And then as soon as you bring them into light, oh, don't do it that way. This is what the Word of God says. Oh, I didn't realize my attitude was wrong with that. I'll certainly line up. That's not a rebellious person. That was just a disobedient person. There's a difference between being a disobedient person and a rebellious person. I can be disobedient and not quite unaware of what I'm doing, but rebellion, I'm aware. I'm fostering a wrong attitude. And this is what he's dealing with here. We have to make sure that, especially in the husband and wife thing, we don't get into rebellion, that there is submission there. But first off, he starts off with, everyone is in submission. Everyone must be submitted to someone. Got to be. That's what we're demanded to or or told to be from the Word of God. The difference between submission and agreement. We talked about this before, but if I agree with another, I do what I do because it suits me. right? If I agree with another person, I do what I do because it suits me. I may be in agreement with that person, but I'm not doing it because I'm in submission to that person. I'm doing it because it suits me. I want to. That's agreement. The Word of God does not say be in agreement. It says submit. If I submit to another, I do what I do because it suits them. It may also suit me. But that's not not part of the issue. I do it because it suits them. When I am submitted to God the Father, I do what He said in His Word because it suits Him. Not because it suits me. If I only obey those areas of Scripture where I, that I agree with, then I'm doing, I'm obeying God because it suits me. And that's a wrong attitude. And that will eventually come and, get, and, uh, and bite us. Now, over here, in the, uh, if you look at Jesus in the garden, when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, He's doing what He is doing because it suits the Father. Father, if it be Your will, let this cup pass from me. But if not, I'll go ahead and do it. He's not doing what He's doing because it suits Him. Obviously, from that prayer, it does not suit Him. (laughs) He does not want that. But I will do this if this is what your will is. That's submission. It's not necessarily I want to do because it suits me, but this is what you have said, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Now again, He's teaching on husbands and wives here, but He's first off taught us that we're all supposed to be submitted. So, this, the idea of submission comes to all of us to someone. There has to be someone that we are submitted to. And specifically, he talks about husbands and wives. That's not all wives submitted to all husbands, it's one wife submitted to her husband. I do not have the right to be told to submit to what I already agree. I'm sorry, I do not have to be told to submit to what I already agree is right. Do I? If I already agree that something is correct, I don't have to be told to submit to it. I agree that it's right, and I just go ahead and do it. So, that doesn't test our submission. But I have to get myself to the place that even though I may not always agree with it, even though it may not suit me, I will agree with, and I will, not necessarily agree with, I will submit to God's will. I will submit to His Word. I will submit to His way. Father God, even though I don't always understand Your Word, in an area, I will submit to what I understand it to be telling me until I learn different or until I find something different. If this is what it's telling me to do, that's what I'll do. That's why the Word of God says that if you do something and it's not in faith, to you it's sin. Because you think you should do it according to the Word of God. Even even if it's not right. How many of y'all know we've had some wrong doctrines before? We've learned some things the wrong way. But if I go against... What it is that I believe the Word of God is telling me that I am going in an unsubmitted way. And that's not what we're supposed to do. Because if we go in an unsubmitted way, we will foster that attitude of rebellion. And rebellion starts small. How many have ever seen that with little kids, that the rebellion starts small? And if it's not checked, it grows. And how many of you all know some people that are big kids, all grown up, and no one ever dealt with their rebellion? And there's problems. We need to be submitted. And I put this in your outline too. When I am submitted to more than one authority, the higher one takes precedence. When I am submitted to more than one authority, the higher one takes precedence. Now, it's not the higher authority that takes precedence. It's the higher one for me. It's the one I count as higher. If we submit to the authority of the dollar, money, and we have a conflict between something else I'm submitted to. The higher one will win out. Which one do I I consider to be the higher authority? So, God is supposed to be the highest authority for us, but He's not always. At least not all the time in our life. Sometimes we have another authority. Sometimes we have something else that's going on. And we have to be careful about that. When I act in an unsubmissive manner... I opened the door to a lot of things and I had a whole list there that you could have uh, had in your outline but there's just no room for it so we just kind of took them all out and I left them in mind so I can read them off to you if you want them. We've gone over some of these things in submission before. We've spent a whole series on this. We're just doing one night on it right now and just really looking at the uh, teaching from Ephesians on this. But when I act in an unsubmissive manner, I open the door to rebellion. Remember, um Absalom did not all of a sudden become rebellious to his father. It was a gradual thing. The thing started with the way that his father did not deal with the situation in the home. And Absalom felt like, I don't agree with that, he should have dealt with this brother a whole lot harsher than he did. Because he did not when the incident of Tamar then he kind of harbored that until he got an opportunity and he took vengeance on it himself and then he had a flee and then he got uh, reinstated. And, but he still harbored that. David, you didn't do this right. And he went about and he acted in such a way that he was, he looked on the outside to be obedient. But he had rebellion on the inside and he began to foster some things. We saw that Ahithophel came and he saw the rebellion that was inside of Absalom and he and Ahithophel had a problem with David as well. And so now we've got these two rebellious people who begin to put together a scheme to oust David. And they do oust him for a little while. Rebellion can grow. It starts small. We're not just always rebellious to people. We're sometimes rebellious to God. And it happens when we see that God has done something or God has not done something and we're not in agreement with it. And we think that something more should have been done or something less should have been done or something different should have been done. And then I begin to think this isn't fair. And so rebellion begins to come up on the inside of me. So rebellion is one of the things that I open the door to when I act in an unsubmissive manner. Pride. Well, I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. I'm right. God's wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. All this kind of stuff comes up. We can't be letting that go on because if we let that go on in an unchecked manner it will cause us trouble Absalom's rebellion his pride caused him trouble eventually and he died authority without submission is dominance we'll get into this in a little bit more but this is another thing that I get into when I do, when I do not walk in a way of submission I walk into a type of authority that ha- does not have submission an authority without submission is dominance. I get into dissensions, distrust, disorder, self-importance, self-proclaimed authority. All these kind of things can come up. Dissension, distrust, disorder, self-importance, self-proclaimed authority. I become my own authority. Some of the most scary people to me are in the church are people who are unsubmitted. I've seen many of them. How many have how you? Have you seen unsubmitted people? No church is good enough, no pastor is good enough, no organization is good enough, no religion is good enough, no Bible translation is good enough. They're just unsubmitted people. I'm only going to submit to myself. That's it. Paul actually brought this out a little bit in the, when he was teaching about uh, uh, sex. In the in the church, you got a one group over here and one group over here. This group is saying I'm a Peter. This group I'm a Paul, and this one I'm a Jesus. You know who the Jesus one is? I'm submitted to no man. I am submitted to no man. I'm just submitted to God. That's a wrong attitude. Because we are supposed to be submitted, but men are imperfect. Men make mistakes. The yep, they sure do. <laughs> We all make mistakes, we are still supposed to be and submitted to one another. When we submit to one who is also submitted, then we're not in a place of dominance. We're not in a place of abusive abusiveness. The easiest thing in the world is, is to submit to someone who also is submitted. But you cannot put yourself under someone who is not under another. This is where cults come into a problem because people come in and submit themselves to one who is not submitted and why every cult has gotten off into a place of dominance, abuse. And certain people are higher than other people. That's just not the way it's supposed to be. When I, submit, when I submit myself to an unsubmitted authority, it will not be long until I am dominated. When I submit myself to an unsubmitted authority. It will not be long until I am dominated. Because if the person that we are submitting ourselves to is not submitted, then whose will do they promote? Their own. And it won't be long until that person gets into that place where they you will do this because I, I want you to do it. I need, you need to do this. I'm telling you to do it. And that's that's wrong. Because we're here to accomplish the will of God. Whether it be a husband and wife, or whether it be in a church, or wherever it would be. In this situation, submission is forced and expected. You will submit. That's why you get into that marriage situation where the husband, Submit, woman. Thou shalt submit. Well, that's, that's wrong because submission is not forced and it's not something that we have to come in and just, well, I expect you to submit. No, submission is yielded. Submission is yielded. That's what needs to, to go on. In this situation, submission is no longer offered. It's forced or it's expected. Now, if this is a real important understanding or thing to get understanding on. If I tempt my covering, if I tempt the, tempt the one... That I am submitted to because anyone that I am submitted to is a covering to me. If I tempt my covering or the one I am submitted to or another's to step outside of their covering the thing that they're submitted to. I bring myself under the curse of the one sinning. Now what that means is if I have a covering over me and I tempt them. I present to them, how about if we step outside of what we're supposed to do and head on over here, and I pull that covering out, I fall into the same sin that that one does. Now, I'll give you some examples on that. First off, the real easy one is Satan in the Garden of Eden. Now, Eve was there with Adam. And what does Eve do? Eve is the one having the discourse. Who's her covering? Adam. And it says that she gave to her husband... And he also ate. Now the sin nature came in because of the sin of? But who also fell under it? Eve. Didn't Eve fall under the problem of the sin nature? But it was Adam's sin. But she brought Adam, she tempted Adam by giving him the the, the apple, whatever the fruit was, and pulled him out from under that. Here's another example. Think on that one for a little bit. Israel and, and Balaam and his counsel to Balak when Balak could not get Balaam to say what he wanted him to say Balak counseled was was counseled by Balaam and he said if you if you send the woman on in and uh, coerce them into sexual immorality and coerce them into worshiping worship of, of, of idols then their protection will leave and they did that but then eventually God sent judgment and judgment came upon uh, Balak, but who also did it come to? Balaam. Balaam was judged the same time Balak was, and they were all killed. And even specifically says, and Balaam, the man who would speak the things of God. Why? Because he tempted the covering. He, was, he, was, he didn't actually do the sin, but he brought in the temptation. We can't do that. And this is where we need to understand some things. In a husband and wife relationship, The husband is the covering. If the wife tempts the husband to get out in an area outside of the covering of God, then both fall to whatever it is they get into. The wife cannot tempt the husband to fall out. Nor should the husband tempt the wife to get out from under that either. But, you know... You'll find examples of this in the Word of God where where wives, you know, they kind of try and get in there and and twist something and and coerce. And and we saw that when trying to think of Ahab. Ahab did his wife coerce him numerous times to not follow after God, but to follow after the gods that she worshipped. And pretty soon, all of uh, Israel was worshipping these idols because the wife brought them on in. Now, he should not have listened but he did. Delilah was another one. Wasn't a wife. But she sure put the temptation out there, didn't she? So we've got to be careful about that. You don't want to tempt a covering and pull them out because though the covering may have fallen, you fall with it. Or you endure. You get whatever that covering that was, whatever judgment that covering was going to come into. You come into it as well. So we've got to make sure. If I tempt my covering or another's to step outside of their covering or, or their, their, their submission, I bring myself under the curse of the one sinning. That's a concept you can kind of meditate on and just think about through the Word of God. You can think of people who fell from that covering and you can also think of people who stood up against it. Who did not. And you, your mind, if you let your mind go on this thing, you start going through the different stories that are in the Word of God, you'll find out a whole lot of them. Remember when the ten spies came back? Two spies said this. Ten spies said this. And the ten spies tempted the people to step out of their covering. Didn't they? And when the people rebelled, the ten spies came right into that same thing. But the two who stood up against it, no, no, no. no mm nope. they, they were removed from that. They did not come under that. That part of it. Whether anyone else in the whole group was agreed with those two, we don't know. But we know those two, they didn't come under that. When David was dealing with Saul, David realized I am submitted to, to Saul. I don't agree with Saul. I don't particularly like Saul right now. But he is the anointed king. And so David ordered his behavior in such a way that he wasn't going to pull his covering into a, into a wrong area. At one point, David said, you know what? We need to just leave because I'm, I'm messing with Saul here. He keeps coming after me. And he just we just need to go. There was another time when he cut the part of his robe off. And he felt badly about it. I, sh- I shouldn't have done that. This is a, this is a covering. I should, no, I shouldn't have done that. And when people tempted Him about killing him, no, no, that's for God to do. He's under... He's my covering. I don't cover Him. He covers me. And God covers Him. It's up to God to take care of that. If we understand this concept of submission and authority and covering, it changes the way that we respond. But too often we get into the human way of looking at this and we look at agreement. Well, I don't agree with you anymore, so therefore you're not my covering. Well, I don't agree with my Husband on this. So, therefore, I'm going to walk out from that covering. Can't do it. Cannot do it. we got to be careful about that. Well, let's get on back over here to the to Ephesians. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So, the wife is submit to her own husband, not someone else's. Just because a person is a husband and someone else is a wife doesn't mean there's authority there. For the husband is the head of the wife. For the husband is the head of the wife. The specific husband is the head of the specific wife. does not say the boss. It says the head or the covering. As also Christ is head of the church. And He is the Savior of the body. So He uses the example of Christ being over the church. This is the example that He uses. Christ is not the dominating boss of the church, is he? Jesus Christ doesn't sit up there. You will do this. You will do it now, or you die. <laughs> he could. He doesn't do it that way. But that's his example. That's the example that we have. And sometimes, you know, we uh, there's a, there's a, no one in this church, other churches, you know, faraway places. They uh, they try and, and wield this stuff on out there. Wife, you will submit. The Word of God says, wives, submit to your husbands. Well, it says a whole lot more than that. But that is one of the things that it says. But it doesn't mean that whatever idea I get, the wife has to get in line with it. It means, submit, there's a covering that is there. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. A lot of these husbands that are out there demanding submission of their wife are not giving the same kind of submission to God. Amen. So you wonder, well, the same verse talks about that in the same way that we're submitted to God is how the wife is supposed to be submitted to you. So, you pretty much do your own thing. Why can't your wife do your own her own thing? Because that's the example that you're putting out. And see, that's the the, the idea... The, the, the job of the covering is to be an example jesus is head of the church therefore just as christ is sub, or just as the church is subject to christ jesus is our example he's the one who lived he lived in the way that we were to go so the husbands are to live in the way that the wife should go the wife is or the husband is to blaze the trail so to speak in the area of obedience in the area of how we should be obeying God. What we should be doing. This is what the husband is supposed to lay the course for. But a lot of times they don't. They just want to get their own idea and wife just submit to it. I'm the head. I'm the husband. Whatever I say goes. And that's not what he's talking about. Because whatever Jesus says doesn't necessarily go in our life. Because too many times we have to be in agreement with it. Therefore, just as Christ is subject, or just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. But again, Christ is the example. Christ is the example. So that doesn't mean that a woman who is not married is not covered. That doesn't mean that at all. Because every person born into this earth is covered. The Word of God, he'll get into this later on, that when a husband and wife get married, they leave the covering that their parents provided. So, you leave that covering to come under this covering. But we are all covered. There is a covering that we are born into. And we have to respect that. We have to honor that covering. Now, he goes on here. Talks about the husband. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So, these husbands that want to go around, submit, submit, also don't love. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. In the same way that Jesus Christ loved the church is the same way that the husband ought to love the wife. That's your example. And if the husband loves in that way, then he's going to see a, a different response from the, the wife. Now, there's more to get into with this one. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How to he give himself for the church? Died. (laughs) He gave his life for the church. So, husbands, you want your wife to submit, die for her. The covering authority must love the ones covered. That's what he teaches here. The covering authority must love the ones covered. Now, the word here, husbands, love your wives, you all can guess which word this is. Agape. Agape is an aggressive love. Agape is a love that goes and gets. It's aggressive. Men are by nature... Not all, I mean, some are more so than others, but men are by nature aggressive. What happens when the husband and wife switch the roles of the covering, you have an aggressive wife and a, an a unaggressive husband. It's a wrong mix. And wives who try and stifle the aggressiveness of the husband are asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble. A husband is an aggressor. But he's supposed to be aggressive with his love. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church. The word there is is agape. In Titus chapter 2, verse 4, some teaching for for the woman. That they admonish, this is talking about the older woman, that they admonish the young woman to love their husbands and to love their children. The word is not agape. The word is phileo. Phileo is not an aggressive love. Phileo is a responding love. That the older woman were to teach the younger woman how to love their husbands in a responsive way. The husbands were to love the wives in an aggressive way. The wives were to love the husbands in a responsive way. What do they respond to? The aggression... Of the husband. It's the same thing that we do with, with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the aggressor with us. He loved us while we were yet in sin. There was nothing to love about us. Yet he aggressively went out and, I, I want you. I want to bring you in. In the same way Though know, the husbands and wives. The husband is supposed to be the aggressor in the relationship. The husband is the, or the, in the dating relationship before it was the husband, he was the aggressor. He was the one who would go out and ask the woman out. And and take the place to go. And there wasn't that aggressiveness is there. Now this to the, today's society we're trying to tame that. Not supposed to tame that. Not supposed to tame that at all. That's supposed that's who the man's supposed to be. But see, we're mixing this up. It doesn't mean that women cannot be forthright, it doesn't mean they can't be be aggressive too, but that aggressiveness is not to overtake what the man is supposed to do. You look around at some of these situations and the man is just a peanut of a shell. Nothing. And the wife is just bullying him all the time. I mean, folks, that's wrong. That is wrong. He's just nothing. He's just he's just a shell of a man. Just a shell of a man. And you can see them. I mean, they're timid. Yes, dear. Whatever you want, dear. Yes, dear. No, that is not that. Wife is wrong. Someone needs to get up in the face of that wife and tell that wife how to love her husband in a responsive phileo way. Well, amen. In a responsive way. That's what's supposed to go on. Otherwise, we are messed. We did not aggressively love Christ. Christ aggressively loved us. When He did, we responded to Him. That's the example. You want to make a better example? Talk to God in heaven about it. That's the one He gave us. He gave us the husband and wife relationship. He said the same way it's supposed to be there is the same way that it is here. Jesus Christ is the aggressor. He came down to win you over. He came down to love you when you were unlovable. And He said, here's my love for you. Now, His love for the church, His love for even the unsaved, is an unconditional love. It's a love that is based upon the nature of the one giving the love, not the nature of the one being loved. And here's where the problem comes in. There's too many husbands that want to love their wife because they're beautiful. Because they have a nice figure. Because they, whatever it is, no list of things. And as soon as they stop being those things, well, I'm not going to love you anymore. That's wrong. The husband is to love the wife the way that Christ loved the church. Not based on anything other than I have decided to love you. The wife will respond to that as a responding love. It does not mean that the woman is not capable of agape love. It's talking about the husband and wife submission relationship. In that submissive relationship, the husband, as the covering, is to be the aggressive one. He is to love. If the wife comes in and her emotions are such that she's not in a real good mood, the husband is not to react to the not good mood of the wife. He is to be a covering. He is to be one who blazes the trail. He is the one who, you know what? I'm I'm not going to speak to this. You're, you're, sometimes wives will get in there and they're all upset about something, and they'll start saying some things. What's should the husband do? Same thing that Jesus does. How many times do we get before him, and we're all emotional, and we start yelling at God for what He did here and what He did there, and what does He do? He sits there and lets you go on. Doesn't he? Doesn't say anything nasty back, does he? do not talk about how you hurt the feelings. You see, because a, a man is far more able to separate his feelings from his speech. He's able to do that. He's made that way. A woman is not made that way so much. But a man is. Now, it has some negative side effects. And some women want to try and get the man... Into another, into another mode. You better understand this about men. The words are not tied in with their emotions. That's not all men. There are some men who have given in to some things and they just speak their emotions they're not supposed to. God has given the man the ability that even though I feel hurt from the things that have been said, I will not speak to that. I will not speak out of that hurt. I will separate that hurt and I will decide to speak out of the love that I have the love that I decided and that's how you are supposed to go well that's not right i don't agree with it no don't matter if you agree with it don't no matter if you think it's right or not that's the example that jesus gave us cuz we can sit there and say all kinds of manner of evil things about him about how i wasn't right and how he let this one die and how he let this one go about and how i whatever it might be and we get mad and he just doesn't speak to it doesn't react to it and then when we finally come on back, we say, Father God, I'm sorry. I got all upset and I shouldn't have said all those things. And, and God says, that's all right. I knew you'd come around to your senses. And that's how the husband is to love the wife. He is to be a covering. A covering does not move out of the way because the rain comes. The covering stays there even though it's raining. How many times do you have an umbrella that complains, I don't. I'm tired of being out in the rain? I don't want to be out in the rain anymore. I'm tired of being out in the rain. Every time you take me somewhere, it's raining. And they get upset, right? No. What's the purpose of the umbrella? To protect the one underneath of it from the rain. And the purpose of the husband is to protect the wife and those underneath from the things that are coming. That's his job. It is not to respond to the things that are going on underneath the umbrella even though the person holding the umbrella may say all manner of evil things about the umbrella. He's not to respond to that. He is to stay there in a protective area and be a covering. Same way that Jesus is our covering even though sometimes we have said some things that we probably shouldn't have. He still stayed there and covered us. He still stayed there and protected us. He was still our righteousness even though we didn't deserve it. He was still going on that way. And that's what we are. The wife, not women, the wife, is to respond in love to the husband. Again, it's just it's just this relationship. It is not that women are not a, not capable of agape love and men are not capable of phileo love. In the husband and wife relationship, the man is commanded to agape the woman and the woman is to be taught how to phileo, how to respond to the husband. Taught by the other woman. That's the Word of God. Don't like it? Take it up with Him that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Well, Christ is going to sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. The word there for word is rhema. The spoken word. He is there to cleanse the church. It's, he is not the one who spotted, spotted the church, but he is the one who cleanses the church. The husband does not have the right to say, well, I didn't make her do that. Well, I didn't get her into the No. That's not it. This is, the per- this is the example. It's how Jesus gave himself for the church, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That's the purpose. Jesus is going through all this to present his bride as holy and without blemish. And that's the same attitude that the husband has to have for his wife. And if the husbands have that attitude for the wife, it's a whole lot easier for the wife to operate in a submissive way. But too often the husbands are one to demand submission and there is no covering going on at all. There is no loving. There is no sanctifying. There is no cleansing. There is none, none of that at all. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. But too many times we see husbands that are out there and they love themselves a whole lot more than they do their wife. Now again, this is not women and men. This is husbands and wives. In the one husband to the one wife. You get one husband and ten wives, you have a different issue going on. And it's not what the Word of God talking about here. <laughs> but we don't deal with that over here. As the one to whom... As the one to whom others are submitted, my decisions must be made on behalf of the welfare of those in submission. Jesus Christ makes decisions based on the welfare of those he covers. The husband is to make decisions based on the welfare of those he covers. His wife, his children, the household. If the husband makes decisions based upon himself... And apart from all that, he's not operating the way Christ did. And see, one thing starts another. Once the husband starts operating in a selfish way, then the wife responds. And then she begins to take up some of the things, some of the covering that the husband is not providing. And then the wife is providing the covering and the husband is, is, and the whole thing gets messed up. It's not how it was supposed to be. We cannot provide for ourselves what Christ does. And in the family, the husband is to provide that covering. It's not a role that the wife is supposed to take up. There are wives who have taken it up because the husband refuses. And, you know, and, and God will give her grace to help out with that and, and get that done as best as, as possible. But that's not how it's supposed to be. But there are also times that Christian women are picking on their husbands in such a way to not allow them to do that especially so I've seen it not here not anywhere around here but I've seen it you know with some unsaved people where the wife was saved and the husband wasn't and then the husband got saved and the wife had been the covering all this time and she would not relinquish it and that caused some problems well others are not here for my benefit as a covering I am here for theirs now, the husband has a covering over the wife and over the family, but the, the mom also has covering over the children. Because when you leave, you leave the father and mother. So the father is not the only covering. The mother also provides a covering over the children. And there is a covering that the mom has, and there's a covering that the dad has. So they're both there for the benefit of the children. Let's go on here. here. Verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. You nourish and you cherish your own flesh. I mean, you make sure you feed it right. Make sure you you wash it, take care of it. And the Lord does the same thing for the church. For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So, when we get married... We leave the authority of the one to come into the authority of the other. In the same way, when Christ covers the church, we left the authority of our father the devil to come under the authority of our father God. You leave the one to come under the other, right? In the same way that you were born under a father and mother, you left that to come under. Now, it's not your father and mother are equivalent to Satan and his kingdom. It's just that there's a leaving that is there. (laughs) There's a, there was a leaving when we came under the, under the authority of Jesus. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, both of them, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. Now, not great mystery, and it's something that can't be known, but this is a, this is a great unveiling. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And that's the thing we need to, to operate in. That's how we ought to walk. But, you know, we, we have this role reversal. There are sometimes the husbands get tired. Well, I don't always want to be out in front. I don't want to be that covering all the time. And then they get kind of lazy. And then the wife will step up and, and, and take that over. But that messes up the family. Husbands, quit being lazy. <laughs> we, we, have to, we have to be continuing on. Sometimes a wife will get in there and she'll see something going on in the husband and and Satan will begin to sow a seed and the respect becomes to be lost. Well, then the submission is an issue. and, And rebellion begins to come up. See, we can't have that going on. Satan wants wives to be in rebellion to their husbands and for husbands to despise their wife. That's what he wants. He does not want the husband agape in the wife. He does not want the husband being a covering. Because if the husband operates in a covering, and if the wife operates in submission and respect to the husband, then that's a that's a force he can't penetrate. He can't get to the kids. So we've got to find a way to break this up. And this is why I have a whole lot of things going on to, to mess with the family in the in the public schools to try and take that authority away. Satan is trying to tear down that covering. Because as long as we operate under the covering of Jesus Christ as the head of the church, what can get to us? <laughs> and See, as long as we operate under the covering that God has set up in the family for husbands and wives, as long as we do that, Satan can't get to it. So what he wants to try and do is sow inside of us rebellion. Seeds of dissension. Seeds of unrest. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, no, I don't want... And we'll have all these kind of things coming on up. Oh well, no, we don't. We don't want want that. And we're going to break these things up. California has now passed this thing where, you know, they have to teach about um, um, gay people in history. Did you hear about that? They just signed the the governor over there just signed it into law, that uh, the schools now have to teach about gay people in history. Well, I don't know about you, but when I learned about people who made an impact in history, it was never brought up what their sexual orientation was. Never one time was it ever brought up. It's just that this is, here's a guy, here's a gal, this is what they did. Great. But now we've got to say, here's a guy, and they liked other guys. And here's what they did. Here's a gal, and she liked other gals, and this is what they did. Why? Why is that important? Because we have to break it up. In a gay relationship, there is no husband and no wife. There is no covering if you can get that going on, and now you can get kids into that relationship, Satan knows I can get at those kids because there is no covering. The covering is from the husband and the wife, the wife yielding the respect and submission and the husband offering to love. And in that environment, those kids are protected. And if Satan can get them out of that environment and put them into something else, he can get at them. And that's why we're seeing all this kind of stuff going on. More and more states are going into a place of legalizing this sort of stuff and I think, what was it, New Yorker just passed a thing that you can get married up there now? It's one of the larger states to, to go that way. Well, it's, it's wrong. And it, 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 it's going to have an effect upon the children. Because this is how it was set up. It's set up like that for us in the church. That Jesus Christ is the authority. We submit in the exact same way. That we are to submit to Him is the exact same way that wives are to submit to their husbands. Not women to men, but wives to husbands. And the same way that Christ loved the church is the same way that husbands are to love their wife. Not women. Yes, (laughs) Their wife. That's how they're supposed to do it. The husband's love for his wife is not based upon conditions. It is based upon his decision and his aggressiveness to love. I will love you because I decided to. The same way that Jesus loved us, I'm going to love you. And that's how we go. And that forms a protection for the children. How many times have you seen children that are in unrest because mom and dad are in unrest? Dad's not loving mom the way she's supposed to be loved. And it's causing some troubles in there. Mom's not able to respond to dad. But boy, we're walking it this way. and It's it's good. But what we're supposed to do in the church is women who have been married for a while teach the newlyweds how to respond to their husband. Get in there. Apparently, it isn't something you learn all by yourself. Others are supposed to come in and teach you. Get in there and teach them. Husbands are to aggressively love their wives. Not passively sit back and say, well, I don't know what this woman is doing. It's not what we're supposed to do. And if Satan gets the husband to be passive and the wife to be rebellious, he can mess up the family and that exposes the kids, which is what we're seeing a whole lot of. We have a whole lot of kids in, in trouble. A whole lot of kids in problems because the covering was not there. So the same covering that God has provided for the church he's provided for the family but he's done it through the man and the woman. When they come together and they bring this, this part in there. But submission, we are all to submit to each other. We are all to submit to each other. There is no one who should ever be unsubmitted. They will have trouble. They will, they will certainly have trouble. You have to have people that you are submitted to. We've told you before, there ought to be people that are not just great teachers in your life, but people that are called influencers. There should be someone in your life that has risen to the point that you can trust them, that they have their your best interest in mind. And if they speak something into your life, you receive it. You receive it. You need to have that. You need to have people in your life that will, that will do that. When they speak that thing and, and they say that thing, yes, I'll, I'll, I don't understand that yet, but okay. Okay, I told you before, I, had, I have five influences in my life. Teachers of the Word of God. When they spoke something, if I didn't understand it, I lined up with it. Because I'm submitted to these people. What if they messed up? <laughs> well, you know, that can happen. One of, the, one of the five I did got off. I saw that he got off. And um, I still respect all the things he put in my life before, but he got off. But we have to have those people. When Brother Hagin would speak something, yes, sir. Yes, sir. When Doug Jones would speak something, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I didn't sit there and argue with it. I didn't sit there and say, well, I don't know about that. No. Nope. Yes, sir. Okay. We need to have those people. If we don't have people that we are submitted to, that are not agreeing with, submitted to, we need to have people that we are submitted to. Paul had churches that were submitted to him, but look at how Paul lived his life for them. Look at how he protected them. Look at how he gave himself. Look at the love that he had for them. That's why they were submitted to him. Submission is something that we all should have. There are people that we should be submitted to. And sometimes we think of submission that well if we're all submitted to someone, then that all oh, just eventually has to get up to one guy up here at the top, right? No, we're all submitted one to another. So even I may be submitted to this one, and then this one may be submitted over here, and then this one's submitted over here, and it may eventually get all the way back into a full circle. It don't matter. We're submitted. If you are not submitted, then you're not an authority. The centurion was the one who brought that teaching out. I too am a man submitted. And I say that this one go and he goes and that this one come and he comes. Without submission there can be no authority. If the husband will not submit himself then the husband has no authority in the home. If he has no authority in the home he is not a covering. A covering has authority. But in order to have authority you have to be submitted. And we can be. Right, to make sure that as authority we don't step out of the scope of acting on the best interest of those that we cover. Because we are a covering. We can be a covering to more than just the, the husband and wife. As a husband, I may be a covering to my wife. As a wife, you may be a covering to your children. But there's plenty more beside that than we can be a covering to. Because we are to be submitted one to another. And anyone who is submitted to you, you are a covering to. Just as anyone that you submit yourself to, they are a covering to you. And we cover each other. We watch out for each other. and help each other out. Father, we thank you for the help that you give us. in Submission. And authority. Covering. The Father, we can be a covering to others. And others are a covering to us. And then when the attacks come, thank God for the covering that's above us. We thank you, Father, for that protection that we're under. Every single person here, whether they're single, whether they're married, we're all submitted, we're all covered, or at least we sure should be. Father, we thank you for the help that you give us to walk in that submission, to walk in that covering, to walk in that authority, to always be putting ourselves in a position, in a place, to be looking out for the best interests of those that we cover for they are the glory of God. We want to bring them into that place. We thank You for it, Father, in the name of Jesus